Hi, I'm Crystal Archie. I wanted to do this podcast as a place where I can simply share some stories, be real, and hopefully inspire a few people to dream bigger while we're at it. So here we go. Going to make it all crystal clear. I am so stinking excited because this is my very first podcast and I thought the best way to kick it off would to be just to share a little bit more about myself and share my story with you guys. So I want to share a little bit more about me so you guys can hear more about my story and kind of my journey, especially right before I met my sweet, handsome, dark chocolate husband, Michael. So I grew up in a small town uh, in Clearfield, Pennsylvania, and I was just a small town girl with big dreams, big dreams. I graduated from high school. Here I was, 18 years old. My family, though, you know, we just, we couldn't afford for me to go to college. So right out of high school, graduating, I went and got three jobs at uh, Penn State University on that campus. So I wasn't able to go to college, but I got three jobs because my family couldn't, you know, they couldn't help me. They helped me the best way they could. And I had to grow up. I was 18 and I had to figure life out. And if I had big dreams, I was going to have to work my butt off and go after it and just start, start from someplace. And I, like I said, I didn't have a college degree. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just woke up every day and put one foot in front of the other and said I was going to make something happen every single day to get me closer to whatever those dreams were. Well, I was working as a cocktail waitress, actually, um, on the Penn State campus. It was one of my three jobs. And in walked uh, my husband. And I knew immediately who he was because, you know, he was a big man on campus, you know, uh, one of the, the, you know, awesome football players that, you know, uh, love football players, but their heads are kind of a little big and they're, they're cocky and arrogant. And, <laughs> and um, I said I would never date a football player ever again. And in walks Michael Archie and hit me with the whole, Oh my gosh, I love your your eyes. You're the prettiest eyes. And I was so rude to him, blew him off, pretty much put my hand in his face, and I said, okay, yeah, whatever, and I walked away. Felt, I mean, at the time, I was like, yeah, he's just another jock, you know, just another guy trying to hit on a girl. But later that night, I felt bad because he's like, how are you going to do me like that? I'm just trying to give you a compliment. So anyway, long story short, we ended up talking as I was working throughout that night and ended up exchanging phone numbers and had that very first date where we said we were just going to hang out. After y'all, after that first date, we were inseparable ever since. We hit it off and we were just two young kids that really fell madly in love with each other pretty quickly. And here we are. I'm 18, working three jobs. He's in college, playing football, going after his degree. And we're young, dumb, and in love. And my oldest daughter to this day still thinks that she was an accident. But we purposely said, let's, we're in love, let's have a baby. And here we are. I don't have 
a college degree. We don't even have a good job. I'm working as a cocktail waitress and as a hostess, and he's in college. And we get pregnant. And here I am, 18 years old, pregnant. But I was so... I was a little fearful, but I was so excited because I found the man of my dreams and we were so in love and everybody thought we were crazy and everyone thought there's no way this relationship's going to last. And we knew, we knew we were going to make it work. We knew we would do whatever we could to make it work. And I like to get real and raw and honest with people. You know, I had to go get on welfare to help me with the pregnancy. He's in college. He can't work. And after so many months of waitressing and everything, I couldn't. So I had to go get on welfare so that I could afford, um, we could pay for the medical and, and, uh, to be able to provide for the baby afterwards. So that's how I started out. That's how Michael and I started out. And our families again, and everybody thought we were crazy. We weren't married. Like I said, guys, I'm being totally transparent with y'all and giving it to you real and telling you the honest to God's truth of our story. We were not married and our families both, you know, could not afford for us to have a wedding. So my husband said, or not my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, my baby daddy, (laughs) my baby daddy, (laughs) he said, you know, uh, more than likely if everything goes well, uh, I'll play, I'll get drafted and get to play in the NFL after college and I'll be able to give you the wedding of your dreams. So we had the baby out of wedlock. We had our firstborn daughter, Jasmine, out of wedlock, but we were happy as ever and we knew we were going to get married and we fought through and we defied all the odds and everybody's skepticism about our relationship and if it would ever work, we knew it was going to work. And here we have this beautiful little baby, and he ended up uh, getting drafted right out of Penn State University. He got drafted by the Houston Oilers, and here we are, uh, both small-town people up and uprooting our lives with this little baby, and off we are to Houston for my husband to fulfill his dream since he was a little boy to play in the NFL. And there, I get emotional when I talk about it. But anyway, don't mind me why I take a moment and cry here. Um, It's just when I think about everything, I just, God is good. And I just, I get emotional when I think about our journey because I see God's hand throughout it all. But anyway, so here we are in Houston, Texas, still not married. We ended up planning the wedding um, halfway through his NFL season and our daughter, uh, we flew back to Pennsylvania, and we got married, and our daughter was in our wedding. <laughs> so that was a, a great conversation we had to have with our child one day, you know, and you tell your kids, you know, you get you get married, and then you have babies. And we did it completely backwards, and she's watching the video going, why am I in your wedding video? <laughs> so, um, but hey, none of us are perfect, and thank goodness for God's grace and love for us because, gosh, we're all a hot mess. So, um Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what to share with you guys next. So here we are living uh, NFL life. And we got married, and here I am now an NFL wife. And I'll get honest with you guys again. So in the NFL, there are uh, different pay levels of athletes. You've got your minimum guys all the way up to your multi, 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 multi-million dollar guys. So my husband... To me, I thought he was the best one on the team, and he was exceptional. He was an amazing running back, had the best hands. Uh, he returned punts and kicks. 
my man is the man. But he was not one of those, when he was drafted, he was not one of those multi-multi-million dollar contract players. He was a league minimum player. And guys, you know what? We thought we hit the jackpot because from both of us growing up um, in the welfare system, nothing wrong with that. It, It fed us, and we are so thankful. But for the league minimum that he was making, I mean, we thought we were rich, and <laughs> we were so excited. And I think back then, the league minimum was only like a hundred and some thousand, which was a lot for us, um, coming from having nothing and coming right out of college with no paycheck. So we here we are living this NFL life. He's getting in the games. He's working hard. And doing so well. I'm so proud of him. And uh, we ended up moving to Titans. The Houston Oilers said, we're going to move the team to Nashville. And we're going to be a completely different team. And we, like, got to be honest, everybody on the team was like, what? We're moving to Nashville. Nobody, nobody wanted to move to Nashville. And, y'all, I love my Nashville peeps. This is my home now for 20-some years. But we all thought... All the guys and the wives thought we were going to get to Nashville and it was going to be a bunch of country bumpkins and everybody was going to have overalls on and cowboy hats and say, yeehaw, welcome y'all as soon as we landed. And it wasn't like that at all. And we all fell in love with Nashville. I love, love, love Nashville. It is my home. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. And um, so blessed and so thankful that God planted us here. But that new transition in the NFL was kind of rough because the team didn't have um, they didn't have their stadium yet. So my husband's first few years in the NFL were not this luxury luxurious NFL life that you would think because they moved from Houston to Tennessee and they're they're training and they're having meetings in little trailers. Um, because they don't have any facility yet. You know, they didn't have the big Titans facility in the stadium yet. So we had to travel to Memphis and everything. Anyway, don't want to make, I'm trying to make this long story short. So he's playing for the Titans. He's doing so well. And preseason year, the preseason year, the Titans went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that year. He had an injury. And gosh, it might have been like a week or two later, he got a call from the general manager and said, could you meet us in the office? And I know he was probably going into that office wondering, gosh, is this, is this the day? Like, or what are they going to hit me with? You know, I know he's thinking, I've got a family. I've got kids to take care of. I pray to God they're not going to let me go. And sure enough, you know, the head coach, they said, Mike, we love you. We, we think you're great. Um, but he was four years into the NFL at that time. And you have to get paid a league minimum as a four-year veteran in the NFL. So they pretty much said, you know, hey, we, we uh, got to let you go. We can bring in a, a young guy, a rookie, you know, to do what you're doing. Gosh, when I think back to that day, I can't imagine being... I wasn't there with my husband when he, when he had to sit down and have that conversation, that tough conversation. And I wish I could have been there with him in that moment because I can't imagine after he walked out of that room what was going through his head that he had to come home and tell me and the kids that he no longer had a job in the NFL and that we didn't have a backup plan. At the time, I'm trying, we had at the time... We only had two kids at the time. Yeah, we had our oldest two kids at the time, Jasmine and Michael Jr. And you guys, 
we didn't know what we're going to do. And I wanted this podcast to, for you guys to know about me, I have to be truthful and honest and my faith is what got our faith, my husband and I, um, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I will share his name always. He's what got us through. My husband and I got saved right before he was released from the Titans. Baptized, uh, just on fire for the Lord, and just completely rocked our world in a good way. (laughs) And um, I'm so thankful we did. But here, my husband gave his heart to the Lord. And shortly after he gets called in, he gets released from the team. And he has this moment, and he even said to me, he said, he said babe, I asked God, why? Like, Lord, I gave you my heart. <laughs> I gave you my life now, and that you're taking, you're taking my dream away from me, and how I'm going to provide for my family. Like, why? And I wish my husband was here right now to share this with you guys, but he said he just felt like the Lord was telling him that... Um, He's a jealous God, you know, and he loved my husband and he wanted, he wanted to be first and football was that priority and football was that idol. And, um, we are so thankful that we had the Lord, um, at the time, uh, because I don't know how we would have got through. I don't know how we had so much fear and doubt and like worried about what is next. What are we going to do? And thank God we had our faith say, no, we're just going to trust we're just going to trust God. I know he's got something bigger and better. And uh, when you, a lot of guys in any, anybody in any sport or I would say any type of um, career or even celebrities, I think they, they get their identity in that thing. Like my husband's been a football player his whole life and everybody's known him to be an amazing athlete his whole life. So it, it kind of defined, I felt like he felt, it kind of defined him. And when, when people lose something like that, it all comes to a screeching halt. They can't, they don't know who the heck they are. And they're like, what am I doing with my life now? So again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> he, when you have your identity in him, that's all you need. That's all you need. And that's when you know you're going to get through and you'll be able to conquer anything. And, and like I said, we knew that he had Bitter, be, uh, bigger and better plans. We just didn't know what it was at the time. So my husband from playing in the NFL comes home, tells me, I'm like, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, babe. He's working out. Um, he's trying to get picked up by another team. He's rehabbing, trying to rehab his ankle. You know what, guys? It wasn't even a career-ending injury. It was just a high ankle sprain. It was not a career-ending thing. But... He was trying to get picked up, trying to physical therapy to, to get stronger so he could try out for another team, and nothing was coming, and nothing was coming, and he ended up, there was this league back in the day, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, but Vince McMahon had a football league called the XFL. It only lasted one year. Well, my husband got picked up by that team, and we up and moved the family up outside New York. Um, he played, I think it was the Giants Stadium. Yeah. He played in the Giants Stadium as the New York, New Jersey hitman. So he did that for one season. And then that came crashing down. That whole league just went under and done again. And we were at that point where my husband's like, okay, I'm going to keep dreaming, but I don't know. Football might be, this might be it for me. So I've got to figure out something else. So we moved back home to Nashville. 
He's putting in applications, uh, resumes, and everybody is saying, you don't have any experience. He had a bachelor's degree from a college, but they wanted a master's or they wanted experience doing something in um, what he graduated in. And he's like, I have, I don't have any. I played football my entire life. This is the only experience I have. You guys, my husband went from playing in the NFL to thank God we had amazing friends that uh, own, he owns his own uh, building construction business. He built homes. He gave my husband a job and he went from making NFL income to, I think we were making like 20 some thousand dollars a year, somewhere around there. I think he was bringing in like $500 a week. He was sweeping floors at a construction site. My husband humbled himself, never complained, never griped about it. He was thankful he had a job, and it was tough. It was so tough. (laughs) We depleted our savings that we had in the NFL. We never purchased a home when he played in the NFL, so we're still renting. We had to get in an apartment with all these kids. So he was sweeping floors at a construction site, never complained, humbled himself to do what he had to do for his family. And... I'm at home taking care of the kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom. We get pregnant again. Uh, you know, over these these years go by, I'm pregnant with my third. And I know God saw the way my husband was out working every day, busting his tail to provide for his family. And my husband had this prayer uh, that he wanted to be able to move into, you know, a better job for his family. And one day we're at a zoo and a guy came up to us and, and asked him what he did. Long story short, ended up giving him a job um, in finance. So he started to do some accounting work. And then he ended up getting promoted and then he got a job at our church. So anyway, he was doing accounting and numbers. He loves numbers. So we were doing a little better financially. But you guys, we were still living paycheck to paycheck. And because of those years of only making $500 a week, we depleted our savings and we had to live off of credit cards. We maxed out our credit cards. We were drowning in debt. We didn't own anything. And we were praying (laughs) and trying to stay strong in our faith. But kept saying, Lord, I know there's something better. I know there's something better. But we kept saying, we're so thankful for this job. We're so thankful. And, but like I said, it just would not, we, we couldn't, we couldn't pay all of our bills. We couldn't do the extra things. We couldn't take our kids on vacation. We wanted to be able to purchase a home one day for our family. We wanted, I wanted to be able to not have to screen my phone because the debt collectors, the credit agencies were calling all the time, the collection agencies, they were calling all the time and I would have to screen my phone and I would tell the kids, don't pick up mommy's phone, don't answer that. Um, I would break out into tears all the time. Like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live worrying and having all this debt over my head and telling my kids, no, no, we can't go on a vacation. No, we can't afford to do that. No, we can't. No, 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 no. I feel like I was always saying no. And... Here I am, I'm trying to fast forward, four kids, we had four children at the time, and I was so thankful and so happy to be a stay-at-home mom, loved it. My kids, oh my gosh, they're my everything. The moment I had my first child, second, third, fourth, I mean, 
my whole world changed. You never know how much you can love something or somebody until you have a child. (laughs) And holy cow, my kids were my everything. They still are my everything. They're all grown now. Um, But I wanted to be able to give more to them. And I was also at a point in my life where I said, Crystal, what happened to that small town girl with big dreams? What happened to that small town girl with big dreams? You're at home and you're doing everything you can and waiting for your husband to get home, exhausted from his job. And um, I would sit with the kids and I would have moments where I would just break away and go into my prayer closet and pray and say, Lord, I know you've got something better. I know you have something bigger. What is that? Show me what that is. I want, I had guys, since I was a little girl, God put Ethiopia on my heart specifically. People say, why Ethiopia? I said, I don't know. I just, I remember being a little girl sitting in front of the TV, you know, and they used to, they probably still do, but when they aired all of those shows where they were trying to raise money and um, you would see the kids uh, with flies around them and their bellies protruding and it absolutely wrecked me as a child. And I knew, I said, it wasn't any part of Africa. I don't know. God just put Ethiopia. And I said, I am going to go there one day. That's my dream. My dream is to go to Ethiopia. I want to be hands-on. I want to help change lives. I want to go. Lord, use me. I want to go. And I felt like I needed some type of personal fulfillment outside of being a stay-at-home mom. And I tell women all the time, like, that's okay, guys. Don't feel guilty about that. I felt there was a point where I felt guilty, like, is it okay? What are people going to think of me if I say I need something more than being a mom? Because like I said, it's the most rewarding job. It's the hardest job out there. But I needed something else for Crystal. I wanted to feel like I could do more than change diapers all day, clean a house, and carpool kids around to school and practices. I was like, there has to be more. One day, uh, get a phone call, and it's a friend, sweet friend, and she calls me to tell me that she has a business opportunity she wants to run by me. And normally, when people would share business opportunities with me, I just, a wall would go up, and I would say, no, it's not my kind of thing. I knew it usually always involved sales, and I am not a salesperson, and um. I just couldn't see myself doing something like that because I knew it probably involved network marketing. I knew it, you know, like I said, it would involve sales and I just didn't want to have any part of that. But she was somebody who would only use the best of the best of something. And she was somebody I respected and admired. And I said, well, she's doing this and she loves this company and these products. I need to take a listen. So... She shared more with me about uh, the beginning of the company. It was a brand new company, just getting started. It was a skincare company. And it had two world-famous doctors um, that are the founders. And I shared everything that she told me with my husband. He came home and I said, hey, babe. I said, you know, my friend Kelly, I got to give her a shout out because she changed my life. Kelly, 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 you changed my life. Um she shared the story. I mean, she shared the, the business opportunity with me and I came home or my husband came home and I shared everything with him. And I said, babe, it sounds 
huge. It sounds like a no brainer. I don't want to, I don't want to say no, but I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have it in me to do this. I said, and I'm not a salesperson. And I said, I don't want to be that friend. (laughs) When people see me, they take off running the other way because (laughs) like is crystal run. Crystal's going to try to sell something to you or recruit you. I hate that word, recruit you into doing something. So I said, I don't want to be that friend. I don't know if I can do this. But my husband, after looking at this, the business model and the legacy of success of uh, the doctors in our company and everything, he said, babe, you, we don't want to miss out on this. He said, this is a no brainer. He goes, we don't want to look back 10 years from now and say, what is shoulda, coulda? And what if, what if, where would we be 10 years from now if we would have done this? And holy cow, it's been 10 years now. It's been 10 years this March, 2019, since I started this business And I'll be forever thankful for that friend who shared it with me because you guys, I didn't even have the money to start the business. You know, any type of anything in life, there's going to be a startup cost to any, anything you do, any type of business, which cracks me up when, when people do hear about business opportunities like this, they're always like, what? I got to pay money to get started. Well, yeah. What kind of business can you go out and run in life? If you go open up a franchise, if you go open up any kind of business in this world, they're, you're just going to do it for free? You're just going to walk in and get everything started with your looks? Sorry, honey. But everything in life costs money to start. And we did not have the money. I think at that time, the startup cost was $395, and we did not have that. We did not have $395. I didn't have money to pay for my groceries. Because right before she called me, it was one of those days, probably that week, that I was standing at the grocery store again, standing in line, praying again that my debit card would not be declined. Because that has happened to me. And I've had to walk away, embarrassed. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, try swipe it again. (laughs) Swipe it one more time. And then I would go and I would get out another card. And then I would swipe it. No, honey, declined. No, honey. And I'd try to find, I'd scramble for another card and they'd all be declined. And I'd have to leave my groceries there and walk away with tears and sit in my car, close the door and just cry and pray, <laughs> cry and pray. And say, God, I can't do this anymore. I, <laughs> this is just groceries. I don't have to call my friend again and ask to spot us another hundred dollars so we can go, so I can go back and get these groceries. So when she called me that day, I was at a point where (laughs) I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I said, I've got to, I've got to have change. And God set up that divine appointment that day with that friend. And she shared this opportunity that would completely change my family's life completely. So I got started in this business, had no idea what the heck I was doing. I had no confidence in myself. I had no experience. It was a new company at the time, so that we didn't really have much in place. Um, you know, we had no marketing. We had no. It was. It was. We was just getting started, so we really didn't know what we were doing. We we're just kind of winging everything. But we knew we had the an incredible foundation and a legacy of success for previous from pre- previous company, and we had astounding, phenomenal products, and that's what we went on. But. Here I am trying to figure it out, and I'm sharing 
I'm learning as much as I can, and I'm sharing this opportunity and products with people, and it's not going the way I would like it to go. Everybody I thought would just get it like me did not get it. (laughs) Didn't get it. My sister joined me. Love her to pieces. Thank God she was my first business partner. But nobody... Nobody got it. And I was like, what? And are they crazy? Are they nuts? Do they not see how awesome this is? You know, everything, anybody we all do in life, we all think, you know, it's the, uh, the bomb diggity and we think everybody's crazy for not getting it. That's how I was at the time. Um, but anyway, I'm having to pop in podcasts and YouTube videos or whatever I can do to build up me because I did not have belief in myself and I had doubt and I didn't think I could do it. I had to build up crystal. I would write post-it notes. I would speak words of affirmation over myself. My kids thought I was crazy because they would see post-it notes everywhere. Um, And I would put on a refrigerator, everywhere, in my car, everywhere. I would put notes of reminders and thanking God for what he was going to do in my business and for my family and our life. And uh, I know my kids probably thought I was crazy a lot of times because I was speaking big. I was thinking and believing and speaking big and thanking God for it. And nobody could tell me. I was like, I'm doing this. God brought this to me. I am doing this. And I know I'm going to go to the top. Don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know I'm going to the top. But there was struggle in the beginning. And I did have a lot of self-doubt in the beginning. And I had a lot of frustrations and I had a lot of tears. Heck, 10 years into it, I still have frustration and tears. But in these type of businesses, you get a lot of rejection and you have to have, you know, you have to have thick skin and you have to know your why and your why has to be a why that makes you cry. It has to be deep rooted. That thing that you have to find out that passion, that thing that you know God's called you to do and you have to stand on that. Because you're going to get people to, they're going to throw things at you and they're going to tell you you're crazy and that this isn't going to work and that this was a bad idea and, oh, those things don't work. Good luck with that. Yeah, you're probably not going to be doing this a few months down the road. You're going to see how hard it is. Um, Those are kind of lofty dreams, Crystal. It's, It's pretty big. Okay. You know, even my own kids, they'll admit it. Hopefully they'd admit it. They would even laugh at me and say, okay, mommy. Because as years went by and I started to grow my business and build up my belief, I told the kids, I said, we will be millionaires, guys. We will be a millionaire. And they'd laugh, okay, mommy. I said, okay. I said, watch what God does. Watch what God does. And I would soak up anything I could. I would get around successful people. I would learn. I just, I was so eager and desired so much growth within myself. And I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people. And I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to change lives. And I just woke up every day and said, God, use me, lead me, show me what to do. So I'm not going to go over, we'll probably save more detailed versions about my story in future podcasts. So stay, stay tuned. But I do want to wrap up the story with saying, when I said this opportunity, this God moment that the friend shared this with me and purchased and helped me with the startup When I say it completely changed my family's life, you guys, I cry every, we call it a payday in our business. I cry every payday because I cannot believe, cannot believe my life right now. I cannot believe the little small town girl with 
only a high school diploma, pregnant at 18, is now living the life of her dreams, being able to give to her, bless her family, give in ways she's always dreamed of, and earn an income that literally takes my breath away. <laughs> literally takes my breath away. You guys, we now earn more in one month than my husband made an entire year in the NFL. That's life-changing. So when we, when God pulled out and that NFL was taken and that rug was pulled out from underneath us, we didn't know what the heck we were going to do. But God knew. And his plan was way bigger, (laughs) way better. And we didn't see it at the time. But holy cow, he said, okay, Michael and Crystal, just be patient. And now here we are 10 years later in awe, completely in awe, and it's changed our life. But you know what's the best part about all this, guys? The money, yeah, that's great. But that's not what brings us the true joy and happiness. Money can't bring you happiness. But it's the vehicle. It is the vehicle that has allowed us to do the things that we've always dreamed of and that God has put on our heart. To be able to give it more than you've ever made, you know, when you were younger, to be able to give and bless people and to be able to, for me to go to Africa as much as I want in first class at that, <laughs> that makes a big difference when you're flying 18, 20 hours, but to be able to afford, and you guys are probably going, that's not what's important, Crystal, but when you're, I was going a couple of years ago, I was going to Ethiopia once a month. So first class laying down, having that comfort was the most important thing to me at that time. (laughs) Um, But anyway, to be able to go to Ethiopia and it not be a financial strain and not have to fundraise for it and ask people for money and to be able to go there and make an impact and help people and and change lives, to have the time freedom, to my, my husband, to be able to, I retired him after he became, you know, an accountant. I was able to retire him to see him have that time freedom and we're together all the time and you can't get time back. You can't get time back. And now we, people probably think we're crazy, but we're best friends and we spend every day together all day long. We're like, we're, we're having lunch every day, home together as a family, being able to have dinner with our kids. When you're working so much, a lot of that gets taken away because you're going in many different directions. So this income, to sum it up, has allowed us time freedom, financial freedom, giving, blessing people, and be able to leave a legacy. And also to have the money and have the funds to be able to bring two sons home from Ethiopia and show our children how to dream big and to trust God and to never give up. And now when I look ahead, it breaks me down into tears, happy tears. But to see that my husband and I are now building a legacy and going to be able to leave something to our children and their children and their children that will last a lifetime. So to wrap up this podcast, I just want to say with all of my heart that I want you guys, no matter what your situation, no matter where you came from, no matter what lies ahead, I want you guys every step, every day to keep believing, to keep dreaming, and to know that you can accomplish anything 
you put your heart and mind to. If this small town girl can do it, you can do it. I'm no different than you. Whatever that thing is in life, whatever that dream is, if you're into music, if you're an artist, if you have a dream to go to college because your your family can't afford to do that, if you have a dream to start your own business, if you have a dream to write a book, if you have a dream to start your own nonprofit, if you have a dream to travel the world, whatever that dream is, if you have a dream to adopt, whatever that dream is, go after it. Don't let anything or anybody get in your way. You do your best and let God do the rest. I hope hearing more of my story helped you to get to know me better. And please have grace. This was my very first podcast. (laughs) Did not know what I was doing, but thank you so much for listening in. I'm so excited to share more with you guys. So stay tuned and have a blessed day. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get notifications for the next episode.